you're listening to the Google Ads Podcast, brought to you by Solutions 8, the Google Ads Agency. If anybody out there is looking for business guidance, business coaching, helping assistance in finding their men, I don't know that there's anybody else that I know in this space that I would give a, a higher recommendation to. As good as we are at managing Google Ads, we're horrible at managing businesses. One of the things that we see a lot in businesses is people are focusing on the growth. But if you don't have the systems behind it, if you really don't have a handle on your operation, all that growth is going to fizzle because you can't deliver on it. And I think the thing that we hear consistently is as a leader, they're overwhelmed by the numbers that they're trying to track. They might have 20, 30 different kinds of metrics and it's like a deer in the headlights kind of thing. There's so much there that they don't know where to focus and, and drive it. And what we see with entrepreneurs is oftentimes they're so focused on what their, their top line is, what their revenue is, because that's some sort of badge of success. Yeah, revenue is a vanity metric. Hey, it's Kasim with your daily Google News. And today I'm actually really excited to traverse outside of Google just a little bit and talk maybe more about how to improve the efficiency of your business, probably your agency, because I think most of our viewers are agency owners. As good as we are at managing Google ads, we're horrible at managing businesses, which I think tends to be more true as the business grows and scales. And so I've got some friends of mine that I would consider to be mentors. They've been super helpful for as long as I've known them, actually just with really, really solid advice. Uh, so I'm really excited to welcome Tom and Karen of KMP Consultants. Tom, Excellent. Karen, thanks for being here. Thank, Thank you, Carson, for having us. Yeah, so I, I have a problem, which is my first company is called KPO Global. And so the minute ah. I start seeing your URL, I just want to say that, because I've said it so often, so I want to say KPO Consultants. So I have your URL, I want to steal it. Yeah, well, it's defunct now, you can have it. But KMP Consultants, and what's interesting about KMP, I think, is you take something that is massively inaccessible, which is the business operations system, right? right? And you kind of truncate it. And I don't mean simplify, but give us something that can actually be used. And what I'd like to do here on this call, if you don't mind, is maybe for our listeners, especially those that couldn't necessarily afford a high-level business consultant, give them that first piece. Like, what's that you see wrong with businesses. And I know we talked a little bit about it before recording. And then what's the little hinge that moves the big door? How do they potentially fix that thing? If that's a fair, I know it's a big question. I'm hoping it's a fair question. Well, that's a good question because one of the things that we see a lot in businesses is people are focusing on the growth. So they're really excited about the marketing. That's really sexy. Managing the business. I mean, most entrepreneurs, most business owners, are really excited about the idea and about getting people to embrace the idea and making those sales and tracking revenue growth. But if you don't have the systems behind it, if you really don't have a handle on your operation, all that growth is gonna fizzle because you can't deliver on it. Right. And eventually what would have been a really successful business gets bottlenecked by the business owner. There's just only so much time that they can devote and manage all the little details that they've been so used to managing as their business really gets too big for them to handle as one person. And so what we're really excited about is when we can come in and help people understand their business, be able to step out and enjoy the growth while being able to know that their business is going to operate effectively 
without them spending 24 seven on it. I think the thing that we hear consistently is as a leader, they're overwhelmed by the numbers that they're trying to track. They might have 20, 30 different kinds of metrics and it's like a deer in the headlights kind of thing. There's so much there that they don't know where to focus and drive it. We got introduced to a framework, it's called the MIND framework, but MIND methodology framework. But the really exciting thing for us in working with that is it laser focused us and our clients on the one number that was gonna help them drive their business most. Mm. Now, for most of us, it's probably some form of profit, things like that, nonprofits that might be different, but it really cut through the confusion that I think we all struggle with and really allowed us to really focus on that thing that is really gonna make the biggest difference. So it's interesting because you're speaking to my heart a little bit in a separate microcosm. We have to do the same thing with Google ads because inside of Google, there's, there's an unbelievable amount of metrics that are available to you. And they're all noise. If you don't know your goal, if you don't know, your, and we make clients, if a client's going to sign with us, my sales team is not allowed to submit a client unless the client comes equipped with a goal. That's actually that we can track. So ROI or CAC or yeah. on a lesser extent, TROAS or TCPA. So you mentioned the one number being some type of profitability, which makes sense, but are you building the lag and the lead indicators to that number so you can kind of see the way that the bridge functions? Well, we should back up just a little bit because depending on what stage your business is in, it may not be profit. When you're first getting started, you need sales, right? You need to generate yeah. revenue. You need to have cash flow as you're growing. Profit would be something once you've got expenses taken care of and you've got the traction, you've got a real business that, that's moving forward, then it may move into net profit. For software companies, a lot of times what they want to get started is get subscribers. I mean, that's that is the first key. So it really depends on the stage of your business and the type of business as to whether it's profit. But for-profit businesses really want to maximize yeah. profit. And what we see with entrepreneurs is oftentimes they're so focused on what their their top line is what their revenue is because that's some sort of badge of success yeah revenue is a vanity metric oh it is <laughs> yeah. and unfortunately it's also one of those metrics that will deep six their company pretty fast because a lot of them they may be making millions but they're spending just five thousand dollars less than that <laughs> revenue figure in all the expenses and yep. ads and such so they're really not taking home very much yeah, yeah what a brilliant point that is. I, so here's maybe the magic question, right? And I'm not asking you to like give away the secret sauce, but if, if there's a decision engine for finding out what your one number is, is there like a decision tree or a quiz that we can take? Or how would somebody even, even yeah. get to there? Because I imagine it's multivariant. Yeah, well, I mean, to that point, actually on our website, there's a little worksheet where you can actually work through oh, cool. And you can actually step. So if you go on the website, kmpconsultants.com slash mind dash methodology, there's a place that you can obviously got to give us your email and we promise not to spam you and all that good stuff. But you scroll down there a little bit right there. Right under the baseball. Right under the baseball right analogy. The baseball, right. There you go. And that will actually take you through and help you figure out what your most important number is. And by the way, MIND is really just an acronym for most important number and drivers. And drivers are just the work that you do, the category of work. So you can go in there and you can grab a worksheet. Then there's other worksheets that we provide you to kind of work that through. So you can get started on generating that level of focus custom. Yeah, it's just a process that we help you think through your business through those downloads. 
so that you're first of all looking at what's involved in your business, what really actually creates business for you, and what is that metric that says, hey, we're winning, we're actually killing this, versus saying, oh, I'm doing really great on lead generation, but there's nothing coming out right. the other end, for example. And I want to go back to your question about leads and legs and things like that. And so I have used that same idea, but I think that actually leads us into a little bit of a down a, a bad path in some sense. So yes, the platform that we use can do lead metrics and it can do all sorts of different kinds of KPIs that you want to do. But I think the lens that we tend to work with our clients through is the lens that says, what should we do now that is going to have the greatest impact on improving our most important number? And that's really the lens that you learn. And if you ask the decision engine question, that's the decision engine is really just always being focused on that. And it's interesting how quickly a subtle shift like that can change the culture and change the thinking. A fellow, a mutual friend of ours, we met down in Costa Rica. We've been working with them for about six, two months now. And their team has already adopted this language of what are we doing and is it really improving, in their case, net profit? And they, we got the report last week from them that then in basically 45 days, they'd improve their net profit 32% just through that conversation. Yeah. And so it's like, we focus on this, we focus on how to do the work that improves that. And they immediately impacted their profitability. And they also shared with us, their CEO said, hey, we got more done in a month than we had in the previous six. And their ops manager said, well, not quite, probably more like the previous two years. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just the change in the languaging. For the people listening to this, that's the thing is pick that one thing. What's the most important thing? And always think through is what I'm doing now going to have the greatest impact on improving that. And if you consistently do that, you'll get a lot of traction with it. And interestingly, the culture, the way that that conversation happens, immediately focuses everybody on doing that. And a little story from those guys as well. The ops manager was thinking about, well, I got to get everything in process street and I've got to do this and I've got to do that. And I've got to get all this stuff organized. All and there's projects. All the, pro and the, the sales guy said, based on what you said, where we're capacity constrained, do you think maybe hiring is more important? And the ops manager goes, well, yeah, you're right. I really should be focused on hiring, not, not organizing. He wanted to and, do the thing he was good at, not the thing that he needed. Right. And That's the human nature. Right. We get, we get involved in tasks and projects that we can tick off or we can accomplish, but not necessarily something that's really going to move the business forward. And, and the key cool thing in that conversation, Kasim, was that it wasn't you need to be kind of thing or what do you think? Yeah, you're right. I think the priority really is this to do that. And it was just a sort of the ideal sort of egoless conversation. It's question. Let's talk about it. You're right. That's the right answer. That spoke a lot about creating a level of trust in the conversation. Well, it speaks to what I really like that you said is organizational alignment. I think this happens a lot with high growth companies. It happened with us where we would talk to folks about me and my partner would know where we're going and where we're headed and what's yep. important, but then do your employees. My <laughs> big thing, I never wanted my staff to be incentivized when a client increases their budget because that puts us in a, that puts us in a position of actually not 
operating in the client's best interest. And so my key metric was always retention. Mm -hmm. Are we keeping the client? That for me was, right. I don't know that it was the most important number, but maybe it was the most important number by which I gauged my employees. Here's what's funny. I never told them. Um, I never told my people like, hey, I'm not going after more spend. I'm going after retention. And dear God, when I told them, it just felt so obvious to me. I was like, why would I even need to tell you that? But of course, that's that's absurd. Like they're not mind readers. And then when I told them, I was like, oh, huge paradigm shift, especially from folks that came from other agencies. So I love the idea that we're going to simplify, focus, and then put this in front of everybody so the troops can rally and everybody knows what they're rallying around. This is not a glitch. I'm interrupting the video you're watching because I need to remind you that I'm always looking for people to join our team. So if you're passionate about Google Ads and you want to work with the best Google Ads agency on the planet, please go to solate.com forward slash apply. Speaking of working with the best Google Ads agency on the planet, if you're having trouble with Google Ads and you want professional help, that's what we do. You can go to solate.com, that's S-O-L-8.com, to apply for your free, no obligation action plan. And if I've given you any level of value at all, maybe think about giving me a thumbs up and subscribing to our channel. That's how we juice the YouTube algorithm so they actually know that I know what I'm talking about. If you have questions, comments, concerns, or confessions, hit me below in the comments. And now back to your regularly scheduled program. But then to your point too, at the top level, it would be maybe net profit, but at each layer, each department yeah. would have their own most important number, which naturally oh, supports brilliant. the one above. So marketing might have sales qualified leads or X number of leads or sales might be conversion rate or the retention for fulfillment. And it can go on from there, but each one of those is going to really feed the net profit result, wouldn't it? Mm -hmm. If you're picking the right one. And there are other KPIs that we might add into it, but they're only KPIs that would help us make better decisions about improving the most important number. Well, that would be the really key thing too, is once you have the, the most, I'm thinking of a hierarchy in my mind. So you've got yeah. your most important number organizationally. And then as you break it up by departments, I could see how it would be very tempting for the department to want to go do the thing that they're good at, that even feels like, and, and here's the example that's in my mind. Marketing loves lead quantity. Look how many mm -hmm. I got you. It's $3 an email, like pound my chest. And I've always thought as the Google ads agency, when I'm talking to a marketing agency, it's like, oh, we need this many leads and this cost per lead. In my mind, I'm like, don't you care if they close? Like, shouldn't it be? <laughs> exactly. So like they want the number of leads. And I could even in a silo as the marketing director make a point as to how it would contribute to net profit or mm -hmm. whatever the key performance indicator would be. You would really need somebody who's able to zoom out and say like, hey, actually, and figure out how it contributes to, again, in my hierarchy, in my mind, it contributes to the main goal, but interacts with the other goals. Mm -hmm. So maybe let me ask about that. Talking about organizational alignment, how do you get people to choose, do we call them minds? Men, most important yeah. numbers. So on a yeah. per department basis, how are we choosing men's that are synergistic? Or is that a concern? Well, it is a concern. I'd absolutely agree with that. I think the way that you have it is actually the conversation that you actually had with yourself there is the conversation the organization needs to have. So as a senior leadership team or whatever that looks like, decides on what theirs is, then the conversation moves to the next layer of the organization to have the conversation. So if we've all agreed that this is the target, is what you're doing the best way for us to achieve that? And what's the measure of success? And what's the measure of success? And so you would end up having the conversation where Marcus says, it's just the number of leads I get you. Well, 
is that really the thing that's going to best drive our revenue or our profitability? No, it's probably something different. Likewise, sales, you and you kind of go through the organization that way, having the conversation where they have to kind of stand up and say, this is our clearest linkage to that. And the team gets to kind of debate that. And, love and that. that's how you have that conversation. Well, because you could have that same problem in... all the way through. Marketing says, I want number of leads. And sales says, well, we want qualified leads. And then sales says, I want closed deals. And then operation says, well, we want retained deals. Right. And you sort of go down this train where everybody has to be, you have to get on the other person's team for a little bit and empathize. Right. I, I interrupted you, Karen. I'm sorry. No, that's great. But remember, at the top level, you've got all these people who have those responsibilities in each of those different, quote, silos. Right. And they're focusing on, really three drivers that are going to move that net profit if that's your top level most important number and they're going to choose activities that are going to be cross-functional to actually improve that number that's going to drive the priorities in the organization below it which is then going to drive what is focused on in each of those marketing sales fulfillment etc so it ultimately cascades down from the top not just based on what number do we want to chase, but how does what the activity that's going to improve that number drive the activities further down the organization. Mm -hmm. And what's fun is you can actually see this all the way down to the individual contributor. So you get a heat map of the things that we're tracking and you can see small problems arise because they show up as red or yellow and you can see a problem brewing well before it ever hits the five alarm fire that gets at the, the leadership level and says, oh my gosh, why didn't we know this before? So it's a con consistent weekly update with meetings that are highly productive because they're not just status reports. They actually have a meeting rhythm that focuses on just what needs attention. So they're extremely quick, extremely productive, very collaborative, and People walk away with documented actions that are documented, that are followed up on in a platform that keeps everything in place. So there's no yep. meeting notes. There's no, I mean, it's all in there. One-on-ones all the way through. It's really, really helpful. The one, I wanted to go back to something you talked about, which was sort of around the area of transparency. And it, mm -hmm. I know that maybe some of your, the listeners on here are a little bit newer. They're getting their businesses going and things like that. But I think for them, what I would say is, the thing that will cause a business to struggle is a lack of clarity on what's really important. To your point about retention in your team, right? And how that caused your organization to swivel around. It's not that you were intentionally trying to obscure it. It's just that you hadn't really thought to share it. So the point there is as the leader, build into your organization the, the willingness that you're willing to share what's really important so your team knows what to rally around and do. And that is probably one of the, the clearest ways to success is sharing that. And one of the clearest ways to lack of success is don't tell your people what's really important. And they, they just go off and make up things on their own. You wonder why the organization isn't going where you <laughs> wanted it to go, right? But that, that'll kill it as well. Yeah, so the, I just wanted to go back to that point, Kasim. No, it's a brilliant point. As a young entrepreneur, I was afraid of my employees knowing how much money the company made. Because, mm -hmm. you know, as a business owner, you realize that, hey, I brought in a hundred bucks, 
But like after I paid for rent, light, gas, marketing, sales, operations, bookkeeping, finance, legal, you know what I mean? Like that's, yes. I'm not taking this and putting in my pocket, but right. we do 6 million in gross revenue. And I don't want an employee to be like, you make $6 million? So it was always a fear of mine. But what I realized was by keeping that, the key performance indicators quiet, mm -hmm. I had no ability whatsoever to show people the impacts that their work was right. directly having on the business. So now every week we do the weekly town hall, the Solutions 8 weekly town hall. It's, it's mm -hmm. 10 a.m. Pacific every single week. And we go up and all we do is we go through our KPIs. Mm -hmm. Now, I haven't, done, I haven't done a very good job of finding my min. We do have ad spend under management. That's the thing that everybody's pointing at, mm -hmm. but that's not the most important thing because I don't want my people to go out there and beat up on clients to increase ad spend. Mm -hmm. So I probably need to walk through this exercise. <laughs> that leads me to my next question. When are you big enough for this to matter? Because I feel like if you're like two dudes in a basement, this feels a little bit like overkill. Maybe I'm wrong. When do you think this gets rolled in as far as size? So I would say, well, we're working with an organization that this was developed by a fellow here in the Valley as a business, head of business over on the Mesa Gateway Airport. But they have applied it to two people organizations because they just like the fact that it organized everything for them. And there's a way to do that somewhat economically. And that's possible. All the way to Great level the, this, the organization that the fellow we've met, we know his organization is pushing about 18 people right now. They're fully implementing it. And then of course it goes much, much larger, but it really depends on where you are to a certain extent, your maturity, I guess. But I would say if you're less than a million dollars in revenue, it's probably going to be a little bit overkill for you. But once you start getting above that, then looking at this, and even if you just practice the basic framework, you're going to find it'll pay dividends. I think one of the biggest comments that we've seen is that it's so natural. Mm -hmm. It's not, here's your KPIs, here's your goals that you need to make. It's not a forced situation, but it helps people actually think about the business in a more natural way and about their work and what they do in a more natural way. Mm -hmm. So it's really quickly adoptable. And it, the focus isn't on the system. The focus is not really on the results. It drives that camera. And it got started, the basic framework got started when the fellow, he bought the business out. He was $600,000 in debt and three people. And he exited it, and I think in a little under 20 years for more than nine figures, his exit. Oh. And the interesting thing is he's in, well, the business was in the aircraft parts aftermarket kind of thing. At the time, I think he exited in 2017, that kind of business would demand an eight multiple. He got 22, 21, 21 and a half multiple. <laughs> Anything over yeah. 20, but it's kind of stuff yeah, mattering yeah. what, the, what the trail number is. I know KPIs are important, but that's, yeah. That's yeah, that's yeah, a big one. But was, and then they credited the framework as a big part of the reason for the multiple. The business was running well, but it was also the framework was what was sustaining it. So I would, back to your question, almost anybody could start it. Lee has written a book, What's Your Most Important Number is out there. It's on, and you can find out about the framework from that. Um, and I encourage everyone to take a look at it. And it's now like a best-selling book on Wall Street Journal, USA Today, whatever, different places. And you've got on our website, you've got the tools to go do things. He's got his book to get more in-depth on kind of how to implement it. I think it's actually pretty amazing. And maybe just to kind of close with one 
or well, a few will be closed, I guess. We can always talk for longer. But interestingly, at least, I think he wrote that in the book, is Jack Welsh of GE fame actually became engaged with Lee in this and shared with Lee that had he had the framework at GE, he could have made GE twice the size that it was. So that's a pretty, that's not faint praise coming from Jack Welch. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no joke. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'll say if you're watching this or listening to this, I wish I had engaged with sophisticated guidance so much sooner than I did from an entrepreneurial perspective. I thought I could do everything myself. And to be honest with you, I could. I'm a smart guy, but it, it would take me years and years and years. So sometimes it just makes sense to just go, just go pay the people that know. Karen and Tom, y'all are brilliant, but you're also, I hope this doesn't sound like pandering, you're just good folks. <laughs> like every time <laughs> well, I read it, you're just like kind, empathic. So if anybody out there is looking for business guidance, business coaching, helping assistants in finding their men, I don't know that there's anybody else that I know in this space that I would give a higher recommendation to. And I hope that people reach out to you. I hope they go to this page and they download this, uh, this gift of yours. I'll make sure to include it in the show notes. Really appreciate y'all coming on. Last words to you. Well, on that same page, they can even sign up for a demonstration. We'd be happy to show them how it works. And they'd walk away with a really interesting perspective on their business in just an hour. And yeah, Kasten, this has been delightful. We, we appreciate you and... Thank, thanks for giving us the opportunity to share a little bit. This has been yeah, great. Well, I love highlighting good people and y'all are good people and you're doing something that I think is really ultra necessary. And especially for agency owners, agency owners, and I'm one of them, so I can slander my own environment. All we're worried about are the tools. Like, and then the business grows around you and you look up one day and you're like, well, there are people here that I'm accountable to. And I don't want to talk to them. Oh, and then people start asking you, I just learned what EBITDA means recently. There's just this whole world that I want nothing to do with, but I know in order to do the thing that I love, I need to contend with. And then there's people like you who we didn't get into y'all's entrepreneurial background, but it's very impressive that they can actually help. So for my listeners and watchers, I hope you'll consider Tom and Karen. And Tom and Karen, thank you so much for being here. Appreciate you. Thank, thank you, you very much, Gus. We'll talk to you later, man. All right, take care. Thanks for listening to the Google Ads Podcast. For more ways to grow your business with Google Ads, you can subscribe to the Solutions 8 YouTube channel. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. And if you'd like to work with the best Google Ads agency in the world, you can visit Solutions 8 at sol8.com. Custom here. If you're running Google Ads, even if your campaigns are successful, my years of experience have taught me that there are almost always enormous improvement opportunities. Now, what if the best Google Ads agency in the world was willing to review your Google Ads campaigns for free and provide you with a comprehensive action plan, no cost or obligation? Notice, I didn't say audit or evaluation. I said action plan a bullet point by bullet point breakdown of exactly what needs to be done to improve your Google Ads campaigns. Yours to keep, no cost or obligation. Head over to solate.com to get a free Google Ads action plan customized for your business. No strings attached. That's sol8.com. S-O-L, the number eight, dot com.